My name is Lester Burnham. This is my neighborhood. This is my street. This is my life. I'm 42 years old. In less than a year, I'll be dead. Of course, I don't know that yet. And in a way, I'm dead already. Welcome to Out of Theaters, the podcast that reviews the movies of yesteryear this year. My name is Billy Culpa, and I'm here with my good friend and film critic, Will Piper. Will, hello there. Hi, Billy. This week's featured movie is 1999's American Beauty. But first, I like to ask my buddy here, have you seen any good movies lately? You know, I saw a pretty good movie, and it's a Christmas movie, so I'd like to uh, take a moment to recommend it for the families who maybe are... Tired of watching A Christmas Story, It's a Wonderful Life, and looking for something a little different. Christmas maybe. Vacation is. Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Or maybe something a little uh, little scarier, shall we say. And this is the movie Krampus. I don't know anything about this. Came this out. Jay in, uh, from Red Letter Media seems to like this movie. Yeah, I think. and I, that's why I watched it, frankly, because those guys really liked it. I don't know if I liked it quite as much as them. Came out in 2015. It stars Adam Scott from uh, TV's Parks and Rec, Tony Collette. A, a weird mouth. Okay. <laughs> Just for the record, whenever that's I see him. Not, that's not a plot line in this movie, but there you go. <laughs> um, and it stars uh, David Koechner, who was Champ Kind in uh, Anchorman. He's uh, in The Office. He's the, uh, Yeah, he's uh, Todd Packer. Todd Packer. Todd Packer. <laughs> Allison Tolman, who was on the TV show Fargo. She was very good. And a bunch of kids. So it, it basically is about, there's a family. They're sort of losing the spirit of Christmas. The one who really is trying to hold the spirit together is, is the young boy and his he's very close to his grandmother who's a, uh, i believe german she mostly speaks german she's very old and uh their 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 in-laws come over this uh the sister sister of uh tony collette's character the mom and they're just awful they're it's that's that's where you get david keckner so there's all this tension they're there everyone's mad at each other the kid is so upset he takes his letter that he wrote to santa he's a little too old to believe in santa but he's just like i just want my family to be happy in this and that and he rips it up and throws it away which brings out this monster called Krampus, who is in real, I mean, real as Santa, but it's a real like sort of folklore thing in Europe as this creature who comes and punishes people on Christmas. And, he, you know, if you look, if you Google it, there's all these old pictures, 18th century drawings of like Krampus sticking kids in a bag and taking them away. We need more stuff. of that. Well, this, you get it in this. And so then basically... Most of the movie is kind of like a home invasion movie where Krampus is trying to get in. He's taking the kids. He has like elves with him and some t- creepy toys and is stuff. It, are these kids, is it like discerning or is it just any kid goes, we're taking them? Well, all the kids are so obnoxious that he's Even coming. Even the main one? Even the one who ripped yeah, up his letter? They don't really come for him, but he's kind of coming for the whole family. Plus, yeah. by ripping up the letter, he kind of showed he doesn't believe in Christmas anymore. All so right. then, you know, it's, all right. all it's right. essentially a comedy horror movie. Um. It's not spectacular, but it's interesting. And the Krampus character design is—it's great. It's yeah. a—it's a creepy ass monster. <laughs> it looks good. Yeah, 
And I mean, it, it's fun and there's, you know, some little, you know, lessons about let's all try and be nicer to each other and everything. But, Is uh, this, uh, do you watch this with Allie? Yeah. Uh, your, it's your PG-13 actually. Oh, okay. So it's not, you know, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it for little kids. Did it do well? I mean, how would you have heard of this movie outside of Red Letter Media? Um, I vaguely remember when it was in theater or when it was, the trailers came out. I mean, I think it's the kind of movie it didn't do that great at the box office, but every year a few more people watch it. It's on, I think we rented it on Amazon Prime, but okay. it's uh, it's there. So yeah, if you're looking for something a little different, you know, and Adam Scott, Tony Collette, they're all, you know, they're Adam, all Adam Scott is a good actor. And Tony Collette, who is Tony Collette? She's, that's a famous person. She's the mom in Sixth Sense. Oh, okay. And she's done tons of other stuff. She was in a great movie called Hereditary that came out last year with a family even more screwed up than this. But that is not a movie for the whole family. Sure. And um, and I will say this. The opening... She's a Academy Award for Best Actress and a Supporting Role nominee. Yeah. She's good. I mean, she's ri- she's a solid actress. She yeah. was in this movie called Muriel's Wedding many years ago that sort of put her on the map. But Little yeah. Miss Sunshine. She's in all sorts of stuff. She's good. Okay. She's... I mean, I like Adam Scott, but... She's the more acting powerhouse in this sure, movie. Sure, understood. Um, and the opening scene, I can't remember what song it is. Maybe it's Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, plays over the opening credits, and it's just these slow motion scenes of people in a mall, like, fighting and punching each other and grabbing for gifts. So that sort of sets up the the mood of the movie. Yeah. But well, that, that sounds good. I'm, and I'm it has not- a nice ending that might be a little bit of a twist. Then I won't spoil here, but I kind of like the way it ended. Kind of like, oh. is it like ninety minutes? Simple, easy in, easy out. Yeah, it's an easy. It's a Good. quick one. It's um, how long is it? It's. I'm not a. I'm not a big horror guy. I, I mean, it's it's okay. I, I'm not it's like ninety eight minutes. Yeah, so it's ex- all right, perfect. I just it's not real scary. I mean, it's more like I like psychological horror. Well, this is not that. Yeah, this is crazy. Not overly viable, but it's essentially a monster movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I also watched a movie that I would like to talk about. Yes. Uh, thinking back on last week's discussion about The Irishman, I went ahead and watched, because we we had talked, maybe you and I are going to get together and watch um, Silence, Whisper, what the hell's the name? Silence. Whisper. The other Whisper. Right, no, but what's the what's the last Scorsese movie? Silence. Silence. Yeah. But we did see in theaters together Wolf we of did. Wall Street. It was quite that. romantic. Um, and I want to say other people were in that theater. There I'm were. That positive. was one of the rare ones. It was not Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, <laughs> there was <laughs> no one anything, in that really, theater, but, sadly. Uh, so I went back and I rewatched Wolf of Wall Street, and I have some opinions for you. If we can take a couple minutes, on let's that. hear them. You you like that movie a lot? I like it quite a bit. Yeah, I like it a lot too, but I liked it a lot less this time. Really? Um, not just because of the debauchery, like because that you know I like, like the debauchery. I, I do let's too. All, you, know. you know, like I, the, the scenes are mostly funny, but the there's a thing about. Wolf of Wall Street, it, it has an undercurrent of meanness. Yeah, that I would agree. That I don't remember. Um, and let me tell you maybe a sub-story. Uh, I, when sitting down to watch The Irishman, um, I, I asked my wife. I was like, hey, do you want to come watch it? She's like, I don't want to watch a bunch of people die. You know, she we, we both, I didn't know what was I was in for, but I expected lots of exploding heads and just violence. And who knows? It's a mob movie. So maybe you see some arms. Right. Sure. Off, it's a Scorsese you know? mob movie. Maybe there's some twisting of a knife. You know, just sure. a bunch of people die. A literal twisting of a that knife. That literally you don't didn't mean seem metaphorically. Like the kind yeah. of thing that we would sit down and have a knife. It turns out it's pretty tame. I think we can. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's R rated, but it's, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so then I got it in my head. Like, I know that I like Wolf of Wall Street. Maybe I'll introduce her to that. So I sat down to sort of like, hey, let's. I like to just make sure things are fine before I introduce. I don't want to. I don't want to have my wife go. What in the hell? Oh, I like to take my wife in and be like, <laughs> here you go. Well, that's, you you're go. the guy who took a date to Philadelphia once. So I did. 
<laughs> a movie about a sexually transmitted disease that's fatal. <laughs> How do you think that late date turned out, ladies and gentlemen? But, but Wolf of Wall Street, it's it's. I mean, we said mean, but it's it's like unkind. Like it treats all the characters. I mean, the only people who you get to like kind of smile at are his colleagues. But they're asses. But they're asses. They're arguably worse than him. <laughs> but there's a lot of subtle, like, 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 okay, uh, Jonah Jonah Hill's character. Sure. Uh, is he's he's weird and a goofball the whole he's movie. He's got them teeth. Big weird teeth. Married his cousin. He's he's the butt of a lot of jokes. But there's this subtle scene where uh, they're talking about how they've got the the business moved to new offices. And they had to institute a no sex during nine to five hours because there's so much sex going on. The whole, you know, and then he's like, for instance, like this one girl and they like show me and Donnie double teamed her mm-hmm. and they show that real quick, like a little interstitial. And then they're like, and later, despite the fact that she gave a blowjob to every single male in the office, married this other guy, whatever his name is. And then he killed himself three months later and they show like just a bloody bathtub yeah. and it. It's this mood where I'm smiling and it's like kind of like, uh, it's a little over the top, but it's it's all kind of in this spirit of 80s excess, almost like uh, American Psycho. You mm-hmm. know, you're just kind of laughing at like, look at these people. They're ridiculous. But then there's that gut punch at the end. And then he killed himself because he got depressed. Yeah. I think that's very deliberate. I, it is. But, but maybe you don't like it. I mean, I understand. But I didn't like it. Sure, I understand that, And that. I didn't realize it. Go- I mean, it's it's. I, this is not me saying Wolf of Wall Street is a bad movie. No, it I is, understand. It, it just was way... And if you make a movie like that, you can expect a lot of people are not going to like that. And it's such a, you know, I know, um, you know, at the end of The Departed, we get the little rat, you know, it zooms in on the rat. This one, you get the audience starts applauding Tony at the end. Or I'm sorry. uh, um, Jordan. 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 Yeah. Start. They start applauding Jordan at the end. And you're I kind of roll my eyes at it. But but at the same time, like in this metaphor, I am the audience. I'm the guy clapping because I just watched it for the second or third time. Yeah. You know, like, and You're it just kind of went, God damn it, Martin. Like, <laughs> he tricked you. <laughs> and I'll probably end up watching it again at some point. But, you know, I, I remembered it being like a fun romp with a lot of like coke and nudity. That's what but I remember not, about this movie. I but maybe, it's but not. it's not fun. No, deliberately it's not fun. Not a fun movie at all. No, it's and like, you know, Boogie, people compared to Boogie Nights. I mean, Boogie Nights is, is like fun on the way up, but then. <laughs> And yeah, it's a lot of coke and nudity too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think I liked Boogie Nights better, but you know that the one scene with um, uh, who's the guy whose wife just Felicity Huffman's husband? Oh, Bill Macy. Macy. Yeah, when he shoots when, when, himself, when he kills his wife and, and himself. Yeah, yeah, it's like ugh. yeah, and that's the when it that literally. I mean, this is this is not the subtlest thing. That's literally when the seventies become the eighties. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the stroke of midnight. Yep, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, there's scenes in that movie where like. His wife is having sex with some dude on the ground at the party, and he mm-hmm. comes over and he's like, "What the hell?" And she's like, "Shut up!" Yeah, like, and that is mean. By That's the way, mean. I took my wife to see that movie. Oh, how did that go? <laughs> yeah, a lot of squirming in the scene. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> so uh, that's sort of my recap. The only other one other point I want to make about it that I actively disliked that movie uses a garbage soundtrack. It is ridiculous how much music there's. Like thirty five songs, and that's I mean I'm exaggerating, but there's so much music and the. From era to era, they don't even make sense. A Foo Fighter song pops up. Well, but I it mean, just shows well, up out of context. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I mean, it sort of adds to the whole excess. I remember complaining about it in the theater to you. Like, there's I'm, just music. I'm sure you did. The whole, well, I mean, but like not whining, just being like, damn, like, 
Do we need it? It's like our third Billy Joel song just played, you know? Like, you like Billy Joel? He's, I, I mean, know, he's one of those New York guys. Yeah. You All know, right. I just want a real quick thing about Wolf of Wall Street because remember last week we talked about Jesse Plemons and how he was in that Black Mirror episode? Yeah. Christine Milotti, who plays Jordan's first wife. Yeah. She's the hero of that same episode. Yeah. She's, she's the mother in How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. And, um, that's a show I've never watched and <laughs> never will. And, you know, well, you never were 20, so you never got I to never watch was. it. I don't, um, I don't believe that. And the lead actress in the movie, Margot Robbie, now is the big, you know, she's a huge star. She, there's full frontal Margot Robbie in there. Oh, yeah. I, I was like, Robbie, I think. Margot Robbie, Robbie yeah. yeah. I was, which you forget about relative to the fact that she is a, you now she's argue, a huge she's star. Maybe after Scarlett Johansson is like the leading actress in the world. Well, I mean, I, she's in the, she knows she's in those Harley Quinn movies, which I think are stupid, but. She's, you know, people likable. Maybe I, I shouldn't say actress. I should say like movie star. Movie star. She's but a bankable. And, yeah. And she's in, you know, she plays Sharon Tate in yeah. Quentin's movie. So, she's yeah. A huge deal. Yeah. She's also, it's like, sorry, honey, but she is stunningly beautiful. She's a, well, I mean, they cast her, you know, she didn't get to play Sharon Tate because uh, she wasn't good looking. Like her head turned once and her, I was like, her jaw, I was like, oh my God, I'll never and have a jaw like that in my she's life. She's Australian, I yeah, think. Yeah, she is Australian. Yeah. And there's some dispute about her age. Apparently, I, I heard this, um, this bit where she like, <laughs> uh, during the audition, she was supposed to be just fighting with Leo and eventually he tells her off and she walks away and instead she turned around and she slapped him. Like in the in the audition, and Marty was like, "Yep, that's her. That's Got her. Her. <laughs> her. There you go. That's the way to do it." But yeah, but I mean, Wolf of Wall Street, I liked it. And let's talk about this week's movie. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. Yeah. By the way, I just but that's fine. No, that's a good perspective. So let's talk about this week's featured movie, 1999's American Beauty. Video's a poor excuse, I know, but it helps me remember. Sometimes there's so much beauty in the world. I feel like I can't take it. And let's remember that according to the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, this was the best movie of 1999. You could make an argument that since it's the last movie of the last decade, it's actually the best movie according to them uh, in the whole century. I wouldn't make that argument. In fact, years ago on my blog, I listed 18 movies from that same year that were better than American Beauty. So you, you wrote a post about this movie years ago? I wrote it, let's see, August 5th. I don't know what year this was, but it was years ago. And here are some of the movies I mentioned. South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, Galaxy Quest, Three Kings, Titus, The Virgin Suicides, Eyes Wide Shut, American Movie, Election, Fight Club, Being John Malkovich, Iron Giant, The Matrix, Magnolia. Is this going to go on for a while? Toy Story 2, Sixth Sense, Office Space, The Limey, The Insider. So I guess that's my take on American Beauty. But so you loved it. What did you think of it, Billy? <laughs> I think I've said this in a couple episodes now. Growing up, growing, I'm 36 so let's say like 99, I was 16. I don't know. So maybe like 16 to 25. I used to be like American Beauties. That's my movie. Wow. Uh, I it, I will say this. When it came out, I mean, I thought it was pretty good. Well, I'll get to a point though. It's It felt deep in a way that when I watched it, I was like, that movie's saying something. It's funny. I mean, it's not always funny, but there are moments where I laugh with Lester, you know, without realizing like the 
one, it's how it's messed up, and two, how it's just not as good of a performance as I thought. Uh, and we don't have to even get into Kevin Beatty. Kevin Beatty. <laughs> Your brain is melting. Kevin Spacey. Uh, I agree. We'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, just a brief, you know. But but um, it felt like a complex movie that was good and humorable. It, it felt to me like... This is this is a movie that's not you know GI Joe or some dumb comic action <laughs> True. you know. Um, looking at it now as an adult with some hindsight and kids and a house and a mortgage and problems, uh, it's it's comical. It's almost it's like such a surface level. Every character is such a stereotypical cartoon. I think is what you you, you said the word cartoon to me yeah. on G Chat. We we G Chat all day. I don't know if that makes us both old, but. Uh, Any everything makes me old. <laughs> this movie was really disappointing. Yeah, it's uh, this is the first time I've watched it in twenty years since yeah. I saw it in theater, and um, I thought, I mean, there are a few good things in it, but I thought it was just painful. I thought painful. somebody said this about the Joker, and I kind of feel I think it's a smart movie for dumb people. I think it's a movie that thinks it is deep. Tell and me, it is as shallow as a. Well, tell me, Puddle. outline the plot, walk through, just, we'll, okay. we're going to have to treat it like any other movie. Right, that right, we, right. Walk through American Beauty. What What is this movie? The plot involves a guy named Lester Burnham, played by Kevin Spacey. And this movie's directed by Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes, written by Alan Ball, who later wrote um, uh, Six Feet Under and some other stuff. But it's, and, and filmed by Conrad Hall. Filmed by Conrad Hall, famous cinematographer Conrad Hall. Um, he plays, he's a, um, works at a magazine. Um and he's, he hates, he's a marketing. He's a marketing so I don't, I've is he a writer? Or is he, I, I actually think he's on like the marketing advertising side because he's trying to get a hold of somebody about some paid placement or something. Yeah, or like, something. Like, yeah, and okay. he's uh, you know, he's an executive, but he's working a little cubicle, which seems a little weird. But anyway, is he? I think he's like a manager. Like right. a, I think he's middle management. Yeah, it must be. Because he, he reports to Brad. This is Lester Burnham from Media Monthly Magazine. I'm calling for Mr. Tamlin, please. Well, we're all under a deadline here. Uh, see, there's some basic information about your product launch that isn't even covered in your press release, and I... Yeah. Okay. Can I ask you a question? Who, who is Tamlin? Does he, does he exist? Because he doesn't ever seem to come in. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll leave my number. It's uh, 555-0199. Lester Burnham. Thank you. Hey, Les. You got a minute. For you, Brad, I got five. But he hates his job, and he's married to Carolyn, played by Annette Benning, who is a real estate agent. She hates her job. They have a kid, Jane, played by Thora Birch, who hates her job, which is being a student and being a teenager. She hates all that. She has a friend. Um, What's the friend's name? I can't remember. What is her uh, name? Angela. Uh, Angela. Angela. Uh, Mir- played Mir- by... Um. Mina Savari, who was okay. also in the, another big movie of that year, American uh, Pie. Really? Yeah, I think she's in American Pie. You're probably right, but I can't remember. I believe so. But anyway, um, and it turns out like he, they go to a, a thing where the his daughter's a cheerleader. They go to see like a, where they're performing, and he becomes obsessed with Angela, her best he friend. He sort of has the start of his midlife crisis that night, right? Like, like they do a thing where like they're all dancing, and then they cut to him being alone in the gym, not literally, but in his head, like like he's the only one there. She's the only one dancing. She does a real seductive dance, blah blah blah. So he like locks in on her, and then he starts trying to like get in shape for her, and like you know he actively wants to have sex with her, right? 
and she talks a big game about banging like, around and having sex. So, you know. I think you could say that I, I, I'm going to defend parts of this. Just you're right. But she's a stand in for just sexual awakening. I, you know, I think. Well, his sexual awakening. Yeah, hers? I think he kind of wakes up. I think he yeah. kind of looks around and like, yes, she he, he he overhears her saying, I think in jest. He's he's like got his ear cupped to his daughter's bedroom door and listening to the two friends talk like teenage girls would. And she's like, you know, if your dad worked out, he'd be hot. But she doesn't really mean it. She's just messing with her friend. Well, but he gets awful close to banging her at the end. He does. I mean, for it just being a awakening. Well, but so he spends the next six months or whatever year, whatever, because the movie starts with saying in a year, I'll be dead. Yeah. So he spends the next year like running and getting in shape. I don't think it's a daily driven. I'm going to bang that girl. I think it's more like. I'm going to bang somebody. Like, I think it's more like I'm he because he buys a car. I don't know. I think he's I, I mean, it's a full blown midlife crisis. Well, I think it is, too. But I think he wants to bang a high school girl. Yeah. I mean, he does. He certainly does. And when that let's just talk about it now. When that moment comes up, turns out she'd been sort of like she was lying. Little, she was a virgin. She's a virgin. She's but she spends the movie kind of tight. She talks a big game. Yeah. yeah. And when he finds that out, like his little moment of humanity comes, he goes, well, I'm not going to. This is terrible. Let me just say this. As the father of a yeah, 14-year-old girl. Yeah. Stopping at the last minute when one of your daughter's friends is half nude. Because she is, her blouse is open or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's right. You're right. That is not, that does not make you a human being. You, you have already crossed 500 lines. Yeah. This is not, oh, he's redeemed. Yeah, that's fair. It's, no. He, and I know the movie thinks that's what it is. Yeah. This movie was written, I'm guessing, by a guy who had, didn't have kids yet. Yeah. That's because <laughs> I'm watching this and I'm thinking, this is appalling. And I don't mean, I'm not like in a prude way. I mean, you know me. I yeah, watch yeah, all yeah. kinds of yeah, trash. Yeah. yeah. Um, I watch. I wonder if you're, the fact that you have a daughter who's approaching her age possibly is, is messing with Because, like, I can't watch movies where, like, even dumb movies like it. Like, I know you. Yeah, you're moving. The movie, the movie opens with a little boy like getting slaughtered. And I Maybe just, you like, won't like, like Krampus, by the way. I have to go home. <laughs> like I have to go hug my kids. Like so, I don't know. Um, and I, I don't want to be in a position where I'm defending the action. No, no, no. Burn. And I mean, but I'm just saying, like, I mean, I there was and. I don't. Maybe it is having a, a teenage daughter's change this, but there was no moment in this movie where I rooted for Lester and saying like, "Yeah, cut yourself free, go live your life." There's I'm thinking moments. he's an asshole. I liked a when, selfish asshole. I liked, yeah, I liked when he when he stood up for like, "We're not listening to this at dinner anymore." Like, I like when he like throws the plate. Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. If you threw that plate, because this movie is not a big slapstick comedy, it is supposed. It's sort of a satire it's but, like a quirky satire drama but you're kind of supposed to believe like yeah. these are real people if you got in an argument with your wife and threw a plate at a wall during the dinner do you think would it be like something that people just kind of stop talking about the next day i no but they do have a follow-up scene right away where the mom comes in to go talk to the daughter and say i'm sorry you had to see that they do address that like this is a big deal but it's i think and it, and it backfires on her the daughter's like you're both insane like this, everything that's happening right now is insane. Look, I, I wish that you hadn't witnessed that awful scene tonight, but in a way, I'm glad. Why? So I could see what freaks you and dad really are? Me? God. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Mom. 
No, I'm glad because, uh, because you're old enough now to learn the most important lesson in life. You cannot count on anyone except yourself. You cannot count on anyone except yourself. You know, it's sad but true. And the sooner you learn it, the better. Look, Mom, I really don't feel like having a Kodak moment here, okay? You ungrateful little brat! Just look at everything you have! When I was your age, I lived in a duplex! We didn't even have our own house! I think I didn't like any character in this movie. I agree. I agree with that. Especially the stupid trash bag kid. Oh my god. I hate w him. Wes Bentley, he's Bro, the cool kid next door, the cool pot dealer. Yeah, nope. <sighs> Alright, but- And I rem but I will say this, when I first watched it, you kind of, I remember like, oh yeah, and he's got this video of a bag floating in the I wind. I remember that was and made fun of immediately. Deep. That that was like the one thing that I would be like uh, uncomfortable But the movie people. is not making fun of it. The movie thinks it's the deep. The movie takes it super seriously. I just read a, I read a part, a chapter in a book um, just today. I reread it called, it's called Best Movie Year Ever. And it's all about the movies that came out in 1999. And there's a chapter on American Beauty. And reading... Alan Ball and Mendez and Thora Birch, and they all thought this bag, like, really, like, this shows that life can be worth living. And yeah. Oh, yeah. And they no, were this, not. This it, movie takes itself seriously. Yeah. It, it, which is unfortunate because it's, it's a, it's, it's not a farce, but it's, it's, and it's, yeah. It's not as smart it's as it's not it as smart it as it thinks yeah. it is. That's the thing. And I mean, even some of the filmmaking where it, it certainly isn't a bad looking film, but sometimes it's just too clever by, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Well, I want to talk. Okay, but about, anyway. Yeah, I, 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 I want to talk, Will. I know. I'm <laughs> no, sorry, no, Billy. No, no, no. You're good. Uh, uh, that particular scene where he throws the plate is his breaking point, And we have only seen him be the, the biggest pushover in the world, including like the introduction to the family where she says, could you make me a little more late? And then his suitcase opens up and everything flies out. It's stupid. But it. the look on his face of just like. Like, my life sucks. I mean, they set it up. And yeah. I mean, you know. But so when he screams and throws the plate, I think the point of it is like, that is way out of bounds. I think that's the point is he's like, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. And it's almost like when he catches her, maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes later, she shows up in a drive through. So the. Uh, oh, yeah. He so quits his job. He does. Which, by the way, I, I mean, now that I'm a, you know, my wife and I both have jobs and we work and we take them seriously. Just to quit your job. I mean, well, it works in, it, by the way, this has almost the same story point element as Fight Club, where yeah. he quits his job and blackmails his boss so he gets money. Yep. In Fight Club, which is obviously a crazy satire, I think it works better here. I mean, I was with his wife, like, you quit your job? What, what the hell? You gonna work fast food now? The fact that he got a year's salary to say, I know, like, it, all he had to say was, yeah, no, it was stupid, but I was making it, because he, he argues early in the movie about... It's fascist what they're making me do. They're making him write a letter defending his job. Yeah. Like Office Space, also the same well, year. Which, by the way, I mean, it sucks, but that yeah. that is not rare in today's world. Do you want to talk about that? I, I never had to do that, but you kind of did. Yeah, I had to re-interview for my job at yeah. the newspaper. That's a thing many journalists have had to deal yeah. with. And and it is, it sucks. And it's it awful. sucks, but I mean, you re reach a certain point, hopefully, before your Lester's age, where you're like, well, it sucks, but yeah. sometimes you got to eat shit. I mean, sorry. Understood. And I, again, I'm not going to be in a position to defend Lester. But I think if he had just said, yep, you're right. It is 
terrifying, but I do have a year's salary. I have, I have, give me six months. I'll right. figure why this out. Why didn't he say any of that? I don't know. That's I mean, that was the thing. He did have money. That's why I, Honey, I, I, I kept, had a year's worth of money to do whatever. Yeah. I did this, but here's what I did. And then they double down on the idiocy by having him buy the classic car later. He buys like a 69 or 70 Pontiac Trans Am yeah. or something like 79. And that's I don't remember. the scene but, where he's like, I always wanted this car. I rule. Yeah. And I, that was a scene. They played that in the trailers and that and yeah. everyone was laughing. And I was like, what an asshole. Yep. What? Uh, whose car is that out front? Mine. 1970 Pontiac Firebird, the car I've always wanted and now I have it. I rule. Aha, uh-huh. where's the Camry? I traded it in. Shouldn't you have consulted me first? Hmm, let me think. No, you never drove it. Have you done something different? You look great. What an asshole. <laughs> they counterbalance like him being an asshole by when he like kind of comes on to his wife. She yells at him for almost spilling the beer on the couch. And he's like, what are you talking about? It's a stupid couch. Who cares? I'm going to say this. I think uh, Annette Benning is a better actress than this. I Her character, they write her so awful. It's poorly written. Yeah. I mean, you you are built to hate her. And it's like, you know. I mean, like when she goes, because she's selling these houses, they're kind of crappy houses, and she's like they're cleaning it. They're not just kind of crappy; they're real. Yeah, crappy. and she's like cleaning it in her underwear, and then she puts. I was like, really? What's well, not her underwear? It's like the slip. it's her slip. It's well, that's whatever underwear. I, I wasn't like I, I didn't. Was, I never thought of that as I titillating just didn't at all. Buy. No, no, no. That's what I want to mean at all. I just didn't buy. She would do that. It she, just seemed. She. I think she's. Man, I'm gonna spend. The, this is the podcast. We got. It's only worth thirty minutes here. We. Got, I'm gonna spend the whole time defending everything, and I don't want to do that. Oh, but. we flipped the script, haven't we, Billy? <laughs> I don't but, know why. I don't, I don't know who like that voice was. I mean, is this a new character? <laughs> but um, she's delusional. She listens to self help. She's full of false bullshit. Like her whole shtick is like the project myself to be successful. Blah blah blah. I I do believe that she would go to that house and in her brain go, I'm gonna. I'm. She says it. I'm going to sell this today. Let's be honest who these people are. They're baby boomers in every sense of the word. Self-indulgent, self-obsessed baby boomers. Uh, so let's, let's, we've, we've kind of, that, that was a scattershot overview of, of why this movie doesn't work. Let's do what we normally do. Let's start by talking about the characters. Tell me about Kevin Spacey and Lester. What do you think of the performance? What do you think of the character? I mean, he's, you know, he, this is when Kevin Spacey, he he was in Usual Suspects. 95? Yeah, I think. Uh, seven was 94, okay. I want to say. He was in um, LA Confidential. He's in a movie that isn't that famous, but is very good and well thought of, The Ref. He's in The the Ref is a very good movie. Dennis Leary and Judy, I can't remember her name. But yeah, that's a good movie. I a watched that movie a lot, movie, by the kid. way. Yeah. Watch it. For, I Merry Christmas. Go watch this for Christmas. It's Don't essentially, bring the kids in. by the way, the relationship is basically this relationship. It is, but it's funny yeah. and it's, yeah, that's a, that's a good movie. The ref. Um, yeah, I mean, Kevin's and you know, it, we all know what happened with Kevin Spacey's career, yeah. which we don't have to get into. Cause I, I, I think the summary is that a couple, at least one teenage boy said that he came out of them in a way. I think that, it was more than one. I can't remember. Yeah. He can, I mean, he, he liked apparently. 
he liked young guys. The rumor, him, you don't want to get sued. I, who knows? There, he got arrested once in the early two thousands for a late night in a in a cruising park in London. Yeah, I mean, there's I get, there's always been rumors, and it doesn't, dogging. you know, who cares, right? We're not that, talking about that with this. That's why, but that's why House of Cards was canceled. Like, yeah, you know, oh, well, they fired him and they they replaced yeah. him or whatever. Yeah, but um, but what I the reason I brought that up is at this point, Kevin Spacey was. As big an actor, like like I mean, he had the buzz. Yeah. Kevin Spacey was. I used to the say guy. he was my favorite actor, and I, I liked him because he was unattractive. And you, well, you were not the only one. And interesting, and he was. I mean, we've said this before, but Seven, he deliberately, um, he didn't want his name on the poster, and he didn't want to be in any trailers, and he was one name in the opening credits. So it would be a surprise when he showed up it, late in the movie. It struck me as like an actor who was. Like uh, he was like the actor, not the the movie right. star, and he did a lot of stuff um, on the London stage. You, you know, I mean, did, he did a lot of plays. And do you know what he did after this movie that is hilarious? And I saw it in theater. He did a movie called K Pax. He did. I mean, he had some bad movies yeah. too. K Pax, yes, the Life of David Gale is yeah, bad. The Life of David Gale, which it's it's Life of David Gale. I think you can make an argument is similar to this movie where it thinks it's very deep, exactly, and it's not. Yeah, it's even worse. I mean, this has some. <laughs> he just rolled his eyes. He was going to say some redeeming qualities. I was going to say some redeeming qualities. <laughs> a bits here and there. The, the David Gale has nothing. No, I agree. Yeah. But, um, I mean, you know, maybe Kevin Spacey was the perfect actor to play this guy because he plays him as, you know, a little obnoxious, but you kind of root for him, regular guy. You know, I mean, like, he's kind of a downtrodden schlemiel who... You know, the, rebels and I like fights some back. Of, and, like, some of the things he talks about, like... Uh, he he finds out how much the drugs cost from Ricky the neighbor. Right. And he goes, shit, when I was your age, I was flipping burgers like the entire summer, which I, I did the same thing. I was a fry guy at our local. Oh, I sold fruit. pot like Ricky does. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't. But Ricky says it sucked. And he goes, no. it. I mean, and it's like it's over saccharine. It's like over everything is oversaturated. But his points rings true. He's like, you know. It didn't suck. I worked. I bought a car. I smoked pot and drank and laid girls. It was fantastic. It was great being 17. How much? Two grand. Jesus. Things have changed since 1973. You don't have to pay now. I know you're good for it. Thanks. Well, there's a card in there with my beeper number. Beat me anytime, day or night. And I only accept cash. Well, now I know how you can afford all this equipment. <laughs> you know, when I was your age, I flipped burgers all summer just to be able to buy an 8-track. That sucks. No, actually, it was great. All I did was party and get laid. I had my whole life ahead of me. He's kind of a guy, a boomer, looking back at his exactly. life going... Man, like there, you know, Ben. I've, I think I've done this on the podcast before, but Ben Folds has a song about selling out, uh, selling out, called um, "Selling Out." Ben the, Folds, the ascent of Stan. You, you've like, talked about this before. Yeah, and the the line, there's some line in it where he's just like, you know, looking back, being poor wasn't so bad in hindsight, and it's like that's a very condescending line. It is, and you know, here's the thing. I mean, this is the classic baby boomer thing, but yeah, it is great to be 17. We got no responsibilities, but hey. Welcome to growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, start I mean, there's taking no some responsibility. It's not like you made a wrong turn somewhere. This is that's how the, everybody ends up. And then, by the way, there's that scene because when he first meets him, they're at um, some real estate event, and uh, he's out in the alley or out behind the building smoking pot with Ricky, mm-hmm. and his wife comes out, and 
you know, how if you were out smoking pot with a high school kid, what would your wife say? She's, she's really drunk. Yeah, I mean, for real. Yeah, like, she was really. She's drunk. really drunk, and she and and her face. She looks up and she doesn't say anything for a beat. She's like, she, her face. I can't make a face on the podcast, but it's like, <laughs> her face says, "What the hell?" And then she's like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. I want to go. It's time to leave. And she's just like, I can, I think she thinks he is such an idiot. She legitimately thinks her husband's a moron that oh, she can't. All wives think their husband. <laughs> they're on a certain right. level. I know they're usually right. But she just can't even tolerate in that moment. He might as well be spilling his lap, his, his laptop, his suitcase out on the ground again. Right. It's just my embarrassing moron husband who she warns before the party starts. Don't embarrass me. Yeah. And he's like, I won't embarrass you. Like, in See, a I weird just think way. It's, it's so obvious. Yeah. Everything is like, there's not a, like a subtle bone in this movie. No, there, I totally like, agree Like we always that. talk about a movie where, you know, like you have to read in them. Maybe this scene meant that, or maybe this scene. Nope. This scene, every scene, you know exactly what they meant to do. There's no uh, there's ambiguity. A, when we meet David, oh, Jesus Christ, I almost said, when we meet David Gale. <laughs> <laughs> what if he was playing the Damn character it. David Gale? <laughs> when we meet I Lester Burnham. my own murder. And he's sitting whatever. at his desk, and he's got like a compact Rosario monitor or whatever, and there's vertical bars. I called it out to you that I was like, that's interesting. And you're like, it's a gimmick. And I was like, nah, but. And you know what? I was reading the, that book I mentioned. Yeah. They deliberately did. They're like, when we first see Lester, he's in a cubicle and there's bars on him. Almost like he's in his own prison. There's a couple. No shit. Yeah, but they do it a bunch of times. Like it yeah. pops up like three or four more times in the movie. And I realized as it was going on, it was novel the first time. But you know, when I caught it, I, you're right. It's unsubtle. Yeah. Everything about the movie is unsubtle. And Sam Mendes, this is his first movie. Yeah. And it seems like that. It does. It, it's like somebody who's trying to do a bunch of crazy stuff. And sometimes that's fun. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I I put this note down. Um, when you, and it fits when you were saying it's unsubtle. It's I, like, you said that. I'm. Yeah. You're right. Well, it is. I'm agreeing with you, Will It's Piper. like a Lifetime movie, but backwards, where the guy is the one who is, like, breaking out and getting his freedom. Because I don't know if you've ever seen a Lifetime movie, but the women are always like, you know, they meet a young guy. Not that they're banging their son's high school friend but yeah. it's like all about the freedom and they're trapped in this situation yeah. and they get out and yeah. this is like a guy's lifetime movie yeah that's that's fair i think um you know <laughs> maybe a, a subtle topic here or off topic but uh there was some lifetime movie that i saw when i was a kid eight seven eight there's a bunch of these we've talked about this before um like the D D movie that played on cbs Tom Hanks? I think it was Mazes Tom Hanks. Monster. It which, definitely was Tom which Hanks. Which made my mom pull me aside and say, you can't play D&D &D oh, anymore. I played it all the time. Right. And I, just I was, was probably like, playing it when I watched it. So I just told, I, that's one of the times I was like, that's dumb. And just went out, I'm going to go play D&D &D now with my friends. Uh, there was one where um, the wife pays a, man, a boy to kill her, her husband. That's it's a real thing. That's like pretty much it. Oh, that's, you know, there's, there's actually a, a very good movie called To Die For with a uh, um, Nicole Kidman and Joaquin Young Joaquin Phoenix is in that, and okay. Matt Dillon. It's called Yeah, that's a good movie. That's based on that same plot. One of the Lifetime movies that I have thought about my entire life. There's some movie where a woman convinces a boy to cut the brake lines on her husband's car, and I have thought my whole life every time, like not every time, but it's come up many times in my brain where I'm like, I wonder if my brake lines are cut. Like that's a thing. <laughs> like I just want like it stuck with me. Lifetime movies. <laughs> are just not worth watching. I just have to bring this up real quick because I always thought it was funny, though very dark. Uh, years ago, The Onion had a story about Lifetime for Men, the new channel, and the headline was Empowered Man Murders Controlling Wife in Lifetime for Men original movie. And he essentially went out and bought a sports car. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's essentially American Beauty. Well, kind of. I mean, Kevin Spacey's not going to murder anybody. You know, even that, even after you know what's interesting. No, he's not going to murder. Anybody. She she cheats on him. The wife eventually cheats on him with Peter Gallagher. With Peter Gallagher's eyebrows, uh-huh. who's in the Hudsucker Proxy, one of my holy favorite movies. shit. His eyebrows are like Groucho Marx. He's got crazy eyebrows. <laughs> God, but he like, seems to be having fun. I like his character. There you go. Maybe because he's not on screen that much. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's easy to be a likable character. Of, he's full of bullshit, too, though. Of course yeah. he is. Um, but he says, no, I'm serious. I'm happy you're happy. But you don't get to tell me what to do anymore. Yeah. And he's willing to live Why with that. Why don't they just get divorced? He I mean, says that seems the, like he says it because he says at the end of Chris Cooper, who we haven't talked about. Yeah, yet. we'll bring those. In. So I'll, yeah, we'll talk about net betting in a second. Let's rush through the characters. But um, the the last point I want to make is at the end, Chris Cooper's like, "You don't care that your wife's sleeping around," and he's like, "No, we're projecting. This is a sham marriage to make people seem like we're normal, but we're not." Are you okay? Where's your wife? Uh, I don't know. Probably out to fucking that dorky prince of real estate asshole. And you know what? I don't care. Your wife is with another man and you don't care? Nope. Our marriage is just for show. A commercial for how normal we are. When we're anything but. And that's the whole point of the whole, you know, know, the whole damn movie. But, okay. But um, anyway, Annette Benning. I, li- I like Annette Benning as an actress. You know, she's Mrs. Warren Beatty. I mean, she was a lot of things before she was Mrs. Yeah, Warren yeah, Beatty, sure, but. sure. Um, I didn't know that. Um, I think she's good. I think she's intensely unlikable. I know. I That's why I, she's good. I just hate her character. I wish yeah. they'd given her character a slight bit of more shade because the whole movie is you root for Lester and you hate Carolyn. There is the moment where it's interesting. She cleans that first house. We see her walk into a house and say, I'm going to sell this because she's trying to project her self-confidence and I'm going to do it. And it, I didn't realize as a kid just what a shithole of a yeah, house that a is. Shitty. That house is terrible. And then all the people come through. By the and way, there's one couple. There's like an Asian woman. She's wearing a, a Mao t-shirt. What the, what? I don't know. I mean, I talk know. about unsubtle. Like, yeah. Let's be unsubtle in the details as well as yeah. in the big picture. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, let's be unsubtle in the, in the costuming. Um, okay. She breaks down and cries at the end of it. And I got it this time. I was like, no, I would too. That sucks. That house sucks. Everything sucks. Yeah. I, that's when I thought like, oh, she, you know, that's when I saw the possibilities for her character. Admittedly, it's about Lester. So, you know, it's, it's you know, you can't write a movie. You can't review a movie based on like the movie you want to see. You have to yeah. re- review it as it exists. Um, she, and she is, though, this other stuff she does, like the Lester's point about her caring about more about the roses than her daughter. He treats, she treats the daughter like an employee, all that. Like, he's not wrong. No. But, so, but I don't know. He wants to bang his daughter's. Friend, I mean, what? <laughs> what does he think that's going to do to his daughter? I don't know if he cares. You're right. All right. So I talk mean, about the horrible daughter. parents. What's Thor Birch, who Thor also Birch. has real life horrible parents. Yeah, Thor Birch's uh, real life parents, um, I believe, were both in uh, the adult film uh, Deep Throat. Maybe I don't know. I've seen it, but apparently, both her parents were in it, and her dad apparently is. The re- you know, Thor Birch was in this movie and she was in Ghost World the Ghost next World, year. Ghost World, which Carl Which is, yeah, I mean, these were, and she, people like Thor Birch and it's, I guess her dad is like, I don't know, he causes trouble on the sets or he's real, 
like, you know, when he's real annoying to everyone else. So people, for whatever reason, it sounds like Thor Birch is getting a raw deal because of her father being annoying. Yeah, there was something about, um, like, she had a sex scene and he insisted on being on the set or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I feel like we're going to get sued for this episode. Well, I don't think we are. Here, I mean, Thor Birch, again, she's like, you know, she's the teenager and you feel for her because her parents are so screwed up. Yeah. But again, I don't think the movie does right by her. There's a scene when Ricky is filming her or watching her yeah. and she like opens her blouse and she's just, topless yeah and it's like did why do we need that why is yeah i agree why i mean is then that it's there? then it's just like then you are less le- leering at young women that's right uh i'm not there's no reason for her to be topless it's super weird yeah i completely agree there's no reason for her to like want bigger boobs like no. she, there's a whole plot line yeah, where she I, wants a, a I don't get it. Job. Yeah, it seems like it was thrown in just like let, find let's some other be... teen problem. Exactly. You know, like you don't have to have that be the. There's team. a lot of teen problems out there. You <laughs> can find one. Yeah, all of them. They're all yeah. teen problems. But then she meets Ricky, and he's so cool and weird and, and da, different, da, 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 da. and you know, contrasting to Angela, the friend. I know. He, but he, you know, Ricky is supposed to be like kind of this cool guy. He, I think you think he's cool. I don't think he's supposed to be cool. I think he's. I think he's like a legit psycho. I think. <laughs> I mean, he burns her name in the lawn. Yeah, he's fucked up. What yeah. is? I mean, and that's early in the movie. Yeah. What girl wouldn't be like? <laughs> yeah, Angela's right. Angela's like, oh my god, he's psychotic, yeah. and she's right. Oh, um, back off. He, Especially when he's hanging out with your dad, and he's got that room with like thousands of tapes that he's made. Yeah. And pot, and it's like and the weird clean piss dad who's like. Yeah, yeah Chris take, Cooper. I yeah. like Chris Cooper a lot as an actor. Yeah. But again, his character, which there's a twist at the end that we'll get to, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. talk about, look how shocking we can be. It's yeah. 1999. What, what's with uh, his wife? His wife is um, pretty she's famous. She's like catatonic. Allison Janney. Yeah. She was on, well, she's on that show. She's on everything. She's in everything. But she was on the West Wing. That's I, what everyone you know, knows I always think for. of her as J.K. Simmons' wife. I don't know why. Like they're, I think she's the wife in I Love You, Man. No. I think they're like a couple in that movie, and it's just for me they're the same age. They seem they're the same talent. I think they're like they. I always think of J.K. Simmons is the horrible Nazi in Oz. That's I never what I never saw it. Was. I tried to watch it once. I just didn't get through it. You should uh, watch it with the kids. Something. Yeah, that's that's, that's what I'm gonna one. do. It's a good family show. Yeah, she's like catatonic the whole time. I mean, who knows what? Yeah, this is Ricky's house. His dad is this like really strict ex marine. He always introduced himself as you know ex Colonel Colonel Fitz. Colonel Fitz. Yeah, which seems weird. And, and then, uh, you know, a thing, because I, 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 I mean this sincerely, uh, and I, I had a talk with my buddy Tyler. Um, I don't think Tyler's ever been part of this show. But Tyler Durden? Yeah, that's right. My He's, buddy Tyler Durden. He doesn't exist. No, he, Spoiler he exists. Alert. No, he does no. at night. Only at when night. When you're, you're sleeping? Did you make we soap together? Together? I wish that I... I would have failed. I do regret not doing some kind of armed service something, like some kind of four-year... I mean, I don't know how it would have been possible, but I, I was like a... Like a impoverished kid with like a weak family background. Like I would have been the type of targeted candidate that would have. And it's like you would have that on your resume. You would have that experience. You would have like learned something. It would have been good for a guy like me to go do that. Um, I, because I didn't do that, I have no idea if Colonel is good or not. Is Colonel better than Lieutenant? You know, better than- Colonel is. Here's how it goes. You know what a general is. Yeah. Colonel is right under general. So then I think I would still call myself Colonel if I was that weirdo. Here's the thing. I don't think he'd be living in this little house. I think he'd still be a colonel on a base somewhere making big money. All right. I mean, colonels make big money? Colonel is I don't like, know. I don't think know. about I don't colonel know. like, a, you know, a CFO or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I have talked about this. The things I know about, I know everything about. The yeah. things I don't know about, I, colonel, I can't even imagine. Did you ever watch MASH with Colonel No, Potter? why would I watch MASH? What year did MASH come out? 
Fuck no, I never. What year were you born? Eighty three. Mash. It went off the air then. It went. I thought it ended in eighty. Did it? I I could be wrong, but anyway, this is our this is Mash talk. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, Colonel is a high rank, but his character, and he's here's his defining character trait. He's controlling, and he doesn't like gays. And well, and he is yes. uh, Also, he still is living in. uh, All the characters are like living a false life. He's still living in the past. He sits down and watches black and white, uh, army, marine, whatever. Like, Dude, I watch black and white movies. <laughs> fine, but he, he's watching no, like, these it's, kids going off to World it's War II so, or Korean. It's yeah. so obvious. It's like, he wouldn't really do that. The one thing, he has that like plate, like a Hitler plate. Yeah. I actually think that's kind of cool. I, I don't I, think you're a Nazi if you own a weird Hitler plate. <laughs> and Ricky explains it pretty well. He's like, yeah, people like collect all this Nazi shit. Yeah. My dad just has this one plate. For, yeah. You know, kind of like, don't worry. But then he like beats up because then he sees... Lester, like, working, working out. out naked, which, again, what the hell? Everything about the camcorder makes me want to die. Yeah. It's just stupid. It's so obvious. It's and embarrassing. So, like, and then you can tell they thought this was so artsy. It's, like, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Now, all right, we live in a world where everything is videotaped all the time. Right. Everyone is carrying a, a better camcorder with them at all times. I got accepted to Medill for a master's degree. Congratulations, I, Billy. I did not accept it. <laughs> But one of the things that I was supposed to pick up was like a Sony Handycam. That was part of the program to like for new media studies, right? Mm -hmm. And I ended up buying one anyway. And it was like the biggest novelty of my life for six months. Like I loved that camcorder. I filmed every stupid thing ever. It was did just you film a bag floating in the air. I did not. Hmm. Um, Should have because that would have been deep. <laughs> I never met other people who had camcorders. Like it was like that. I I want to say the idea of filming something was a big novelty. It's, in 1999, I could see it being like yeah, that's something was, we can yeah. put into our movie. With hindsight, it just looks stupid. Everything well, like, they don't do anything interesting with at it. all. I mean, at if, all. Like, here's this dead homeless lady. I filmed her. Like, what, like, what if he was making like a fictional movie and his movie reflected the events of this movie or something? Mm, I don't like that, but I see no. what you're doing. But it's something it's interesting. Something. It's There's something. some reason yeah, this to have just, the camcorder, right? Because right, I mean, all the reason why that exists is so he can give the bag speech at the end. Exactly. Or you can say, "There's so much beauty in the world," and he chokes up and she holds uh, his hand. It's like, look. <sighs> Oh God! So I I have some regrets. That's all I have to say about this. That yeah. that's actually my my final review of American Beauty. I have some regrets. Well, should we talk about the ending? We should. We should talk. There's. Uh, I think we covered. I want to get to the ending. We did cover all the characters. And we didn't really cover Angela, the girlfriend. Yeah, whatever. No. She. I just want to say one little reference that I picked up. I believe, and this is a who who knows if this is true, but it, knowing how artsy fartsy this movie is, it can't be coincidence. Her last name is Hayes. Mm-hmm. Okay. You've heard of the book Lolita, right? In the movie. So I, which is about, it's a story about, Kubrick made the movie, but it's a story about a guy who falls in love with like a 12-year-old. Okay. Okay. Um, her name is Charlotte Hayes. So okay. I can't, it's got to be deliberate. Yeah, positive. Yeah. yeah. That's that's so clever. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I do like to go from characters to cinematography. I think oh, so wait, one more character. Scott Bakula is in this movie. I, I, is it weird that I think that guy's fantastic? Like, not just in this movie. I like Scott Bakula. I, I like was a big Quantum a Leap guy. I was a big Quantum Leap guy. I was sure. 12 and we I was like, like the Quantum show's Leap. awesome. He I, was remember, gr- I remember the pilot of Quantum Leap. He he plays for a minor league baseball team in the very first episode. He, play, he played sort of, it was sort of a stealth Quantum Leap sequel on an episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I like it when ago. they do that, the show within the show kind of thing. Although, Always Sunny sucks, but whatever. <laughs> it's the best show. Hi. 
Welcome to the neighborhood. Just a little something from our garden. Except for the pasta, we got that at Falachi's. Right. It's unbelievably fresh. You just, you drop it in the water and it's done. Jim Olmeyer, two doors down. Welcome to the neighborhood. Colonel Frank Fitz, U.S. Marine Corps. It's nice to meet you. This is my partner. Jim Berkeley, but people call me JB. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? <laughs> Nothing. We just wanted to say hi to our new neighbors. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You said your partner, so, uh, what's your business? Well, he is a tax attorney. And he's an anesthesiologist. He was a Star Trek captain? Yeah, he was on one of the Star that, Trek Enterprise, maybe? I think maybe. maybe the worst. I've not it seen was, it. I didn't see it, but, but it, I think it's like people didn't like review. it. Yeah. yeah. And he was on this show called Men of a Certain Age, which was supposed to be really good, and that also uh, co-starred... Uh, Ray Romano, who we mentioned last week with The Irishman. Yeah. Um, which did well. That was like TBS or TNT. Yeah, it was supposed yeah. to be really good. Him and, and Andre Brower was the third. All three solid actors. So. Okay. So there you go. How do you think this movie looked? I know you said we made fun of some fun. of the bars. I mean, it, it certainly didn't look bad, but it, it, it looked a little, I don't know. I mean, it looked dark. You know, it looked good, I, it, I but liked, it didn't. Uh, yeah. I don't know. There's nothing special as about as I remember. it. There, I did like how, like, most of the sh like there's some subtle stuff like the shots of ricky and lester outside the realtors association like talking about their smoking pot and they're kind of talking it's all done real close up lester's like had this intimate like moment with this kid and then when the wife pops the door open the camera pulls out in a like extreme wide like it's way back yeah and it's all like stark like the white of the wall and the black of the shadows because the, the door opens and you can yeah. see the light come out and i thought I oh, like yeah. that a Conrad lot. Conrad Hall's a great cinematographer. It just seemed like it had purpose and it wasn't overt. It was yeah. subtle. Like the way they were doing things. The 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 line thing, I'm sure. Okay, great. The the bars, I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, hey, I mean, you know what hasn't aged well besides everything else in this movie is the special effects of the rose petals falling, the CGI. Yeah, it did look bad. I mean, it's just, and it's it's weird to think like a movie like this. Yeah, the special effects haven't aged well. <laughs> well, they're... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's that's fair. It's no K-Pax. <laughs> K-Pax. He was so an let's alien talk about the K-Pax, right? He was, yeah. He, okay. I think I think it was like I I actually I saw that movie the in theater with my like first ever long-term girlfriend. Wow. And I pre I shot it at Clono Village mm -hmm. and uh which we talked about that was like the art house theater yeah. in town. Um I think he was an alien but he was like Everybody was like, that guy's not an alien. Yeah. And that's but the was he an alien? Was he yeah, not an alien? Right, yeah, right. one of those. I, I can't remember. I remember I being know. okay, but I think Haley Joe Osment gets shot in the face. Oh, so it was worth watching. Yeah, well, uh, oh, that's No, mean. he gets shot in the face in Pay It Forward, doesn't he? Maybe that. Oh, Which maybe. also has Kevin Spacey. That's he's right. Got, like a screwed up. He was like maimed or something. This is or? me mixing up movies. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I liked Haley Joe a lot when I was a kid, too. Yeah, I liked him in Sixth Sense. He's great in AI. <laughs> He's pretty good. All right, talk it. about the ending, William. <laughs> okay. So at the end of the movie, um, Chris Cooper's character, Colonel Fitz, um, he thinks that uh he thinks that his son and how does it quite I'm trying to think how this all fits together. He thinks Ricky and or Lester's uh the all right, so the night just uh, maybe it all some, takes place on like a rainy night. The night, yeah, the night Lester dies. So yes. uh the moment Lester heard that his daughter's cute friend thinks he would be hot if he worked out. He runs to his garage and just starts working out right there. Naked. Uh, no, first he's not naked. Yeah, but eventually. he takes his shirt off. I'm not even sure if he's, I gotta say. I don't At a certain point, he is buck naked. Is he? That's yeah, because I remember like, oh, 
Kevin that's, Spacey that's an took off all his clothes. Choice for no reason. He was, and yeah. he's a little flabby. Like his his like uh, he's Hollywood flabby. Yeah, and he does get pretty fit. Yeah, but you know, by the end, there's like a time passage. that's like a mini version of the Christian Bale trick. You know, uh, <laughs> it's very mini. Yeah, fine. It's 15 pounds. It's not 80 pounds, yeah. but. Um, Ricky catches, like, sees the light go on in the garage, so he looks out his door. The neighbor, Ricky's the neighbor, looks out the window, sees him being weird, and he picks up his camera and he literally narrates, like, America's weirdest home videos. Yeah. Which, fine. Yeah, it's weird. weird, There's no reason to film your weird naked neighbor. Right. But But at least he realizes it's weird. So then cut to the end of the movie. That's okay. I had forgotten this. And Colonel Fitz is looking like, he's, so Ricky makes an excuse to run over to the Lester's. Right. And because um, he's going to run away with the daughter. Right. right. Although not yet. Okay. This, that's, no. So so uh, Scott Bakula is named Jim. Right. There are two a, Jims. He, he has, has a partner named Jim. Named Jim. And they're, we meet them. They're, they're, they're only in like three scenes. Right. They go running. They're, they're, they're running. Fit. And they introduce themselves to Colonel Fitz. Early and he says, movie, like, are you business partners? And, which leads to this whole plot line of, of Chris Cooper being like, I hate them gays. I hate the gays. And, the, yeah. you know, whatever. Right. So... He ends up seeing Lester Burnham throughout the movie running with the gyms because right, Lester Burnham right, right, wants right, right, to right. lose weight. Uh, and the, the the two gay guys are like, we'll help you out. Mm-hmm. Like, that's their thing, which infuriates Colonel Fitz. Colonel Fitz. So he immediately thinks uh, Lester's gay. Near the end of the movie, Ricky makes a bad excuse for why he needs to go next door to go see Lester. So he runs into the room to check out what's in Fitz runs into his son's room to see what's going on in here. Like, is he going to sell him some pot? With is the there room? weed? That's, I yeah. think that's what it was. He's yeah. going to roll on the joint. Cause yeah. Lester's like, I suck at this. Just yeah. do it for me. And he looks out the window and he sees a shirtless Lester with Ricky in the room, rolling him a joint, but he's, it's obscure. But it's good. They're in the garage. He assumes gay sex, right? That must be what's going on right now. And for whatever reason, he puts a tape in. I don't know why. Yeah. One of, 5,000 tapes. He, he grabs the one that's just sitting. It's This particular one isn't filed. It's just that's sitting right, next to right, the... Sitting out. So he pops the tape in, and it's that shot of... He's so suspicious he never looked at all those tapes. I guess. I, mean, I don't know. So, and it's the shot of Lester weirdly naked working out. So from that moment on, my kid's gay, Lester's gay. Lester's the gay. whole world's gay. Yeah. Lester gay is... panic. Yeah. The character played by Kevin Spacey is attracted to a young man. Crazy. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> so uh he comes back ricky comes back and the dad punches him in the face right or, or actually yells at him and Yell- says are you gay you know and he's like but no yeah. he does punch him doesn't well he? eventually yeah. because he he kind of denies it ricky denies it ricky denies it and eventually he realizes it's not going to matter my dad believes what he wants to believe yeah. so he goes yeah i am gay i'm the best piece of ass and three that counties it, yeah and that's when chris cooper punches him makes him bleed and then he's from that a- point forward i'm gonna kill actually he decides he's gonna go like he's gonna find if maybe maybe I'm wrong about being gay. He's he turns out he's super closeted or super repressed. Right. I'm babbling. Sorry, man. I'm I know just, it's uh, well, it's that kind of movie. It's just it's, movie with like 19 plot threads. Exactly because there's also threads with the wife out doing something. And she's all. out shooting a gun because she's gonna kill Lester. Right. I think maybe or whatever. Whatever. Maybe. And the daughter is dealing with her friend. And all I think that. she's going to kill Lester because um, she's at the shooting range and she gets in her car and she pulls over in like a panic and she starts listening to these tapes. And the tapes this time are like her self-help tapes mm-hmm. are like, you're not going to let other people stand in your way. Right, other people right, right. are the problem, not you. Like there's this whole, and it's like, and she put, she, they make a distinct See, I didn't her buy her. I mean, I know she doesn't kill him, but I didn't buy her even coming close to killing him. I agree. I, yeah. Who yeah. knows? I agreed. Agreed. 
and, and whatever. Let's I'm bored. This this yeah. thing ends. Well, let's with, get to the big twist where where Colonel Fitz comes over to confront Lester and he kisses him. He kisses him like he's like secretly a, closeted, deeply gay. Yeah, I, it's and then you know, Lester like gently rejects gently him. rejects him and like hugs like hugs him but not in a sexual way. Like Says, you, you need help. Da 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 da. And then. What happens? He goes. If somebody back. shoots him. Shoots him. Yeah. I, that, you know what? That. Um. I think what happens next is he gets to. He's going to almost sleep with his daughter's friend. Right. And then she's like, "I'm a virgin." And, and he's so like, he, "Oh, would so you like a sandwich? I feel bad for lusting after you for months and months and months." So months I'm going to go clean up. She's like, "I'm going to go in the bathroom." And and then they have a nice little friendly conversation. Yeah. And yeah. he takes a look at his family portrait, and he kind of realizes. I think she asks him. Are you okay? And he kind of smiles and goes, "I am okay." And he he looks at his this photo. Is no of his conversation family. to ever take place. On it's so Earth. messed up. And then a gun comes. Oh, and then and then and then whatever. And then, and then, Chris Cooper kills him. And then you, and then you see Annette Benning like, like collapsed in the closet, yeah. which is fine. And then you see like Ricky is like fascinated by it. You don't see what is his daughter's reaction at all. I mean, literally, it's all about Ricky and. You know, that's I, a good point. I just think it short changes. We a lot see, of the we characters. see Angela's reaction. She's devastated. She's, She's devastated, yeah. as anyone would be, even if you don't like him, finding a yeah. dead body in your house. But you don't even see the daughter. Like, that's like, oh, my dad was killed. Why did he run back in? Why did Ricky come back in the house? Is Angela? He was going to get Angela, and they were going to split. I don't think he was getting Angela. I don't think he cared about think, her. No, he said, "Would you want to go to New York?" I got friends that, not, there. That's the friend. Angela's the friend. Oh no, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, Jane. Jane. I don't know what oh, happened. Oh, Jane's up in Jane's up in her room. Jane's upstairs. She like hears the gunshot. She's packing like, and she that's like, it. but there's no reaction. They just show her turn and but then you see Ricky come in, they find the body, but you don't even glimpse what his daughter like her reaction to it. Oh, I mean you can imagine. But can I mean I just think after all this and the family thing, you know, I don't know. So what are your final thoughts on American Beauty? You loved it, right? I think it blows. You think it blows? Is it the worst movie we reviewed on the podcast? Um what is the previous What's the previous? I mean, the previous "Sweet Smell of Success" is the previous. uh, You're you're on crank. (laughs) That's a great movie. I mean, the thing is, it's not it's it's not a good movie, but it it thinks it's such a good movie. I I, just think it's it's. I I think like it's just so self indulgent. It's just so baby boomerish, and like it it does. It's not true to any of its characters. It's not interesting. It's not. It's not deep at all. I just think it has not aged well, and I don't. You know, I don't know if it's that good to begin with. I think it's a really well done, poorly written movie. I, I think the people, it's competent. Yeah. It's, it's I, I mean, what, what I mean is the production, the like, you watch it through. I get exactly what they're trying to do. It was made by adults who knew what they were doing. It's just the script. And they the, had like, not, yeah, they had nothing interesting to say. You, it is a waste of a strong cast. Yeah. And, yeah. it, and of a good cinematographer. And, you know, Sam Mendes has directed some good movies. And I, I, I stand by liking the music, the weird, like, glockenspiel. Like, it's got interesting music that they reused later yeah. in Road to Perdition. Um, and I'll be honest. I went into this trying. I was like, I'm going to give it a chance. I, you know, I know how I think I'm going to feel about it, but I really yeah. wanted to, like, like it. Or at least come at it fairly. And I just did not like it. I, I have to agree with you. So, but I think it's an interesting movie to talk about because it won the, you know, on that list, you know, there's 80 movies or whatever that have the words best picture. It's, that's the best picture of that year, of a great year in movies. I didn't solicit reader thoughts last episode, so I'd like to take the opportunity this time that, you know, we just gave you what we think of this movie. We'd love to hear what you think of this movie. I think this is going to be one that gets a lot of downloads because 
it is such a controversial movie. Time has right. completely flipped on this movie. And this has nothing to do with whatever scandals Kevin Spacey's been involved even, in. Yeah, I nothing. Think we clarify, we don't care. I mean, no. I, care. I mean, I care about it, but not as and far as it applies to this movie. It doesn't movie. apply to the criticism of this movie. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and if anything, you know, Kevin Spacey was at the height of his power. He was huge. He, he, seems, was, he seems, for a bad movie, appropriate, appropriately cast. Yeah, I mean, he was, you know, Kevin Spacey is the reason I'm sure I wanted to see this movie. It's like, yeah, that guy, that guy makes, he's an interesting performer. Let's see what he does with this. Uh, We would love it if you'd go to iTunes, find us there on Out of Theaters. I got to say, it's not even iTunes anymore. They really got rid of that. If you go to Apple, it's Apple Podcasts. Uh, They broke iTunes into different apps. What's up with those guys? I don't mind. Whatever. It's useful for me. It's, I mean, whatever. I I like the podcast app. So go, go to the Apple Podcast app, please, and leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. Um, and feel free. We'd love to hear what you think about this particular movie. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Uh, at all of it's out of theaters. We own that that name. And uh, yeah, we'll read your reviews on the air if we can get a, a semi interesting one out of you. Uh, I think we have a good choice for next week's movie. Yes, going back to we to uh, I mentioned it very briefly in my list of better movies that came out in 1999. Um. The Matrix. The Matrix, which I we've talked a lot about this mm-hmm. on off and on, but I only saw this like five years ago. Really? I saw this opening weekend. Yeah, next week's episode is The Matrix. Give that a watch. That'll be our out, coming out Christmas week. So let's make sure we have some uh, some Christmas stories to tell ahead of time, too. I'd like to <laughs> okay. make sure we, we have that out. So <laughs> Okay. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, on behalf of Will Piper, I'm Billy Culpa. We'll miss you all. Most of all. Most of all. Thank <laughs> you.